0: Snakebite episode number five here, and it's with the one and only king of the skate parks, Eddie Fiola. Eddie met up with us, and we talked about so much things: BMX, from cement skate parks, Jeff Watson to riding for GT. It it was it was an awesome day. Um, you can thank the guys over at DigBMX.com for helping us out and getting down to Cali. If you haven't checked out DigBMX.com, then you should head over there right now. They cover, they just cover BMX. They cover old school, mid school, new school. They have it all, they have everything covered. They've been doing it for so long. So cruise over there, put in, just search your favorite name and I'm sure it'll come up. Um, Other than that, sit back and enjoy the show. I got this whole week I think I got 8 or 9 podcasts, We're going to do Lee Reynolds this evening, oh, so. Cool. So, yeah, it just kind of was like, okay, I'm going down. We're doing this and you know, I'm just get, we're just going to wing it and just see how things go, so. Right on. But yeah, um Sorry, I'm still like. So, kind of one, you know, one of the first things I was interested in cuz I grew up kind of I grew up riding wood quarter pipes, but I really came into my own riding cement parks and you're kind of like you grew up riding this, I feel like.
1: Well, I started off riding the, the wooden quarter pipes and the old wooden quarter pipe. It wasn't wasn't the, the nice transition type style. It was the two by four style. You laid the two by four on top of the other one. Yeah. It was the you tried to bend the ramp or the wood to, to match the, the two by four. Yeah. Um and then, you know, eventually it went from that I think that was the bicycle motocross action trick team measurements and yeah so i've
0: seen the, the the ramps they look the they old drawing, probably and like everything. six what six by six maybe yeah
1: it was six feet wide six feet tall four foot platform and uh yeah it was kind of scary after a while but i mean that's what we wrote and then eventually um i think it was brian scura that actually had the uh smooth transition where they cut it out where they actually cut it out and and you know back then when you're a kid you don't think of raising the saw blade so you can make that corner Oh, yeah, no. You want that thing flat and long and straight and how do you turn a corner with a saw, you know, a a, a circular saw, so.
0: Yeah, no, but, and then you rode those and then you start, did you start riding Lakewood? So,
1: yeah, Lakewood Skate Park, um, skateboarding was going out. What was, that, was that
0: 79?
1: 79, 80, and, and skateboarding was dying out, and the, the skate parks weren't letting bicycle riders ride. Okay. And when the skateboarding starting to die out, you know, we were jumping the fence trying to get in and ride because no one was in there anyhow. And uh, eventually they said, you know, we you can ride because now we're going to pay to ride. Yeah. So um, I had seen Tinker Juarez. Yeah at lakewood and that's what you know got me to start asking the guy hey you let him in the park can you let us and then eventually we got in
0: and then uh uh t- i mean tinker i mean i've seen old photos of tinker and he's i mean he's he's definitely like a skate park pioneer in right. bmx i know some people probably they don't even know you don't know, think that far back but i've seen pictures of tinker doing like berm sliders and stuff and oh, yeah. he you know, moto mags, but he was super stylish back in the day. Right. Another dude I wanted to ask you about, you know, early eighties, maybe late seventies that, you know, and this is just me being like a BMX nerd and like Mm -hmm. kind of going through things was Jeff Watson, Jeff Watson. I feel like from what I've seen, it seems like he was maybe an early pioneer for like airing. And I I mean, I don't even know this backstory of Jeff. so. So,
1: so when I, um, I, First saw Jeff was in the magazine, and they they had a big photo of him airing out. But it was, he aired to flat. So yeah. It looked like he was doing an aerial, but he was actually bit doing a big fly out and landing on top. Or, I think
0: I know the photo. He's goofy footed table, and y- he's like six yes. feet out.
1: Yeah, he's got the glasses on, he's got the, the skateboard helmet, and he's just doing this big old cross up. And, uh, so anyhow, he, he was doing this big air to flat and, and, you know, seeing that, not knowing exactly how he was doing it because, you know, there's no, uh, timed, uh, photos in that. Yeah. Um, so thinking that he's doing a full aerial and he's up that high, seeing the skateboard. Now skateboarding back then, they were doing aerials, but they weren't doing anything big. I mean, nothing. Yeah. Compared to what they're doing nowadays um so the magazine had taken pictures of Jeff Watson and then somewhere along the line uh, took photos of uh, who, uh um, um not not Steve Bennett but um um the other guy uh, oh why am I <laughs> why am I brain farting um uh, um
0: You want us to look it up,
1: Fred Becker.
0: Oh, Fred Becker. Yep, 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 yep.
1: So, so, so now there's Fred Becker in the magazine. There's um, Jeff Watson, and now the the magazine starts doing, uh, well, who's better, Watson or Fiola, or who's better, you know, Becker or Fiola. What What year
0: was this about?
1: Um, it was 1980. It was 82. Well, first cover or first first photo in the magazine was in 1980 yeah and i think that's when they started doing the the whole who's better yeah and uh then my first cover in bmx action was in 1982 so um but but that that started off the whole skate park competition yeah deal so. yeah because
0: i always I, yeah i always see photos of jeff watson i'm like this dude looked really raw back in the day yeah. and like you know, and you're, like, going back, and I'm like, oh, I've seen pictures of Stu Thompson doing kind of mm-hmm. little airs, but I'm like, this, you know, he'd be, like. Jeff went big. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, who did, I mean, before that, you didn't even see anybody, so it's like. Right. I feel like, you know, him and Becker and a few of those dudes just kind of had to, like, kind of create airs. Like, yeah. And I know you were, feels like. Were those dudes a little bit older than you? Yeah, they were. So you were just like the generation, kind of right after yeah, them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I started coming in and started seeing what they were doing. I gave it a little bit di- different style, um, and and I and I was going for more of a skateboard type style. Yeah. Where you know where you know you you were seeing um, Lance Mountain, Christian Asoy, and it was just you know more style of when you're doing the airs and then you know, where, where, Jeff and, and I don't, I didn't know Jeff and we didn't hang out at all, but, yeah. but he was in the sport and then all of a sudden he disappeared. And what I had heard, this is all hearsay that, you know, I heard from him. Yeah, yeah. Is that he just blew out his knees and he wasn't able to ride anymore because it was literally, he was big, big air to flat yeah and,
0: and can't were, ride anymore. Yeah. And everything was so new back then. I mean, and especially when people got hurt back then, I mean, it's, it doesn't seem long ago to, you know, me, because right. I can remember those. I mean, I was really young, but, mm-hmm. you know, t- how things have changed, how people take care of their bodies right. is, is night and day nowadays. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so then you kind of went to, so you are riding Lakewood. I think you are riding,
1: like, what, a quad angle and stuff then? Um, so, yeah, I was, uh, my first bike that I rode was a tor- uh, um, a Webco. Okay, yep um and then from there i went to a quad angle where literally i was riding my bike throughout the you know lakewood and long beach areas and riding everywhere and trying to find as many ditches we could and eventually um found out where se was yeah and we literally were hanging out at se and trying to you know scavenge through the uh the dumpster of all the frames that were you know not good yeah and uh so I guess one day um, Scott had seen me ride and knew who I was, and and eventually just gave me a frame, and and uh, Jeff Botima gave me some forks. Oh, nice! So I had a frame and fork sponsor. You know, a- anybody that gives you anything is your sponsor. As a kid, that's well so back that's
0: good then, Enough. I mean, there wasn't even <laughs> much, there wasn't much of an industry really yeah. either. I mean, SE. I mean that that right. was the. Yeah, you had race bikes,
1: and then you had a bike, you know, the SE, that, that, the, the quad angle just looked different. You know, but there, you, you had your PK Rippers yeah. and things like that. So, so anyhow, um, Scott had given me a, a, a quad angle, and, and I rode that for a long time and then got into the magazine. And literally, how I got in the magazine is that I was at Lakewood Skate Park. I'd go to Lakewood every single day after school, you know, and, and spend every single minute riding this park. And I don't know what it was, but one day I didn't bring my bike. I was just hanging out with a girlfriend. Yeah. Not doing anything, just hanging out, watching, not thinking of anything. And, and Bob Osborne was there taking photos of, um, uh, Hutch Rider, uh, uh, (laughs) Skate Park. <laughs>
0: um, Timmy Judge. Timmy, okay. So, Judge was riding the skate park.
1: Timmy was riding the skate park, and he was riding the snake run. Okay. Not the half pipe. It was a snake run. And the snake run literally uh, top to bottom, you know, angled down and swerved just like a snake. Yeah. But if you rode it backwards, it was all big uphill tables. Yeah. And then you could pump to the next one. And then, at the, uh, you know, where I had this thing down and to a T and, and, uh, watching, uh, Timmy ride compared to what I, I knew what I could do I'm going, this is the magazine I'm yeah. missing out. And so literally I asked Bob how long he was going to be there and, and would he wait if I could bring my bike and, and I ran seven miles to <laughs> and then rode back and, uh, Literally, he was putting his, his cameras away mm-hmm. and, you know, he's got his camera bag on his shoulder and says, okay, show me what you got. And I did one run and he says, let me take out my cameras. <laughs> so,
0: and, and Lakewood was the, for people, you know, because there's so many legendary parks back in day. It's the one that was like the long half pipe without the flat bottom, right?
1: Long half pipe. It, it must have been a uh, hundred yards long. It looked epic. And, and it got deeper and deeper as it, as it went. Um, and at the very end had a huge bowl. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, no flat bottom. And, and, and this is why a lot of people don't know that I rode, uh, left and right. So, uh, I was able to do errors to the right or that, the left. That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about a little yeah. bit later. So, um, because I mean you are able to ride down the and, and doing circles in that half pipe was just a pain in the butt. Yeah. So so one left, right, left, oh, right, just all like the way s- down.
0: A snowboard half pipe now, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So so yeah, you ride in Lakewood. Um, who were like some of the, the kind of locals? The food? other
1: local skate park riders back then that, that rode I, Lakewood Bob Morales yeah. would come out and, and ride. Um, a lot of the guys from my school Road, but then they all kind of veered off, got you know their their license or got girlfriends, yeah. and and so uh, Lakewood was literally my skate park, and and, and uh, not too many other guys. Wasn't
0: there a dude there that rode a cruiser that was pretty good?
1: Um, Mike Marker. Yeah. So so this guy was went to my school, and he was this big burly gnarly dude that that rode um rode lakewood and rode it really well but then uh i don't know what happened to him he just vanished off and he was i remember seeing his picture in um action now
0: yeah yeah action and, now was awesome yeah
1: so um so i seen his picture in action now and thought it was great but the, the uh, along the lines i just don't know what happened to him
0: yeah i just always i just seen photos of him and some footage of him yeah and you know 24s, everybody's there's been dudes that have always rode 24s, right? You know, I have a good buddy that's he got a DG cruiser in mm-hmm. the early 80s and he's never rode a 20 inch, but he's always in the session with us, right? And you know, it's always just a, the dudes that session with the dudes on 24, you know, you, they always got a fun backstory and yeah, stuff, yeah. so um, so then. Lake, what was that about eighty
1: one or something? Eighty one, yeah, because I graduated in eighty three, so um, I was still I was getting in the magazines while I was still in high school, mm-hmm. so which was the coolest thing ever, yeah. you know, because now I'm in a magazine and I'm still going to school, so all the clicks, yeah, you know, started to know who I was because I wasn't part of any click because I didn't, I didn't have a girlfriend at that, that school, I didn't have a car, and I didn't, you know. I, I rode a bicycle. Yeah. And it was, you know, and back then, oh, you're going to ride that little bike. It was literally right out of the movie Rad. Yeah. Well, and back
0: then, <laughs> I mean, BM, racing had been around a while, but freestyle was still so, mm-hmm. so new that I'm sure, like, if somebody saw a photo of you airing it. it I mean, it, it was just like you're literally seeing it for the first time. Oh,
1: yeah. No, um, and I have, I have some photos uh, around that... Uh, one of my friends that was in photography class, yeah. you know, for one of his projects asked if he can come down and take photos of me. And literally, these are the first photos that I, you know, I don't know. You don't know how high you're going. You don't yeah. know what you're actually doing because you just have fun doing it. But when someone is taking a photo and then showing you later on of, and, and different angles of what you're doing, blew my mind. Yeah kind of scary cuz i didn't think i was going that high at that time. How how high
0: do you think you guys were doing about 82 or so?
1: Um i have i have photos of probably 5 6 feet out
0: of Lakewood. Lakewood. That's gnarly. Yeah. I mean i've never ridden there but just looking at it, you know, i've ridden up, you know yeah. you, when you've ridden enough parks and you can Yeah, i'll that, try to find some photos. That, that 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 definitely seems gnarly. So then you know what was it about 82 83 uh, you started writing for haro so
1: um, so i started getting in the magazines every once in a while i had two shots in the magazines and um, i guess i don't know how this happened exactly but i guess that bob haro had found out that i was going to do a photo session with BMX plus yeah um, i got a phone call from bob haro yeah. saying hey dude we want to we want to hook you up we want to give you some some gear a helmet full sponsorship you give you a bike and the whole nine well Bob knew how to promote his product yeah so so I thought I was full factory sponsor so he gives me all this gear I do a full photo session for BMX Plus and the very next day I get a phone call from Bob saying hey you know um we kinda need that bike back whoa because it's the only one in existence right now and we're gonna do photos of it and uh once we're done, we'll we'll give it back to you. You'll get another one. I said, "Cool, whatever it takes." You know, you know, you need it for photos and yeah, yeah. Never saw it again.
0: Is that the only time you rode a Haro? Is... Yeah. So wow, I thought the Haro thing at least was a little more.
1: Yeah. No. So so that was the only time I actually rode that frame.
0: So the photos we've seen of you riding a Haro is just from that one one day one photo shoot. Yeah. Wow. That's, and is that like, that had been right at the inception of Haro, like right.
1: It was the very beginning of his first, his first design of the Haro right after the Torque. Yep. And, uh, because I was riding a Torker prior to that. Yeah. Right. So, um, <laughs> my dog, um, she's pretty far away from that thing. Huh? Anyhow, um, I was riding a torquer, Bob gave me the bike, he took the bike back, I went back to the Haro, and then we had uh, King of the Skate Parks start a competition yeah. um, at uh, uh, Skate City, yeah. and that's when I got my first cover shot. In the one-hand, the one one-footer? In 82. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm wearing all Haro gear, uh, the gear they gave me. But you're on a torquer. Yeah, but I'm on a torquer. Okay. So that's how I ha- ended back up on the Torker.
0: Yeah, and I I actually I know that that cover it's like the pool coping bowl, yes. right? Um So oh, another thing before we keep going on the yeah, sponsorship yeah, yeah. thing, I, I you know you you got to ride so many epic parks like that like you know as a dude like I love riding cement because I feel like cement you have a, it's a different field. Oh it. sure. And uh, like when you push it doesn't it doesn't yeah, give there's no you, you, your pump is just real there. So, you know, I, I grew up and I'd watch like the King of the Skateparks, mm-hmm. VHS, you know, and you'd watch them over and over. And I just, and I know there's a lot of other dudes because, you know, when you grew up at other places, I mean, Southern California with the parks, it just seems so epic. Right. W- can you break down the pipeline bowl? Like, I, you know, I always hear things, mm-hmm. bowls 15 feet deep. No, it's 9 feet deep, this and that. And it's just like, what was it, you know, and it's like, what was that
1: bowl actually like to ride, you know? So, so that bowl... Um I think it was fifteen feet. Um, but there wasn't one section of that bowl that was the same. So I mean it it had uh there's oververt, there's undervert, yeah. there's there's little bumps in the middle of it. But um when you ride it and you ride it every single day, you start you just, start, know, the you sweet just spots. know the sweet spots. Um and you know, no coping. Uh, and it was just you know it, it was it was almost a 200 grit sandpaper.
0: Oh yeah, we, <laughs> we've got a few parks like that in Oregon up by the coast that have just gotten beaten by
1: storms. Weather and, and
0: everything. It'll just take it. Yeah, take if skin you off of go it.
1: down it. And, and back then, back then we didn't wear the knee pads of today. Were the hard cap knee pads. Yeah, you know we wore the pants, the leathers, and and if we did wear knee pads, it was the Volleyball Literally, style ones, the stuff. volleyball style, and uh, it, so so in that instance, you either made it or died trying to make it. Yeah, there was no well skateboard, toss the skateboard and run out of it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I just always see stuff, and you know, you always see the back area where you get to do
1: the foot. What was in the, was there a set of stairs that went down in the back? I heard. So so there, if you if you look at the bowl. And you look towards the pipe. Um, you'll go towards the back of the pipe, and then it, it'll it'll banana left or banana right. Yeah. And then there were stair steps to go into that area. That's funny. So um, there was a way to get into the bowl without actually rolling in. If you wanted to, I don't know anybody that did, yeah. other than trying to get out when somebody got hurt. Yeah. That was the best way. Um, but yeah, so so just. L- Left of that right-hand banana, um, that's where that fence plant would be, right next to the the pipe. Were you the first one to do the fence fence plant? Yeah, as far as I knew, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was between Brian Blyther and myself.
0: What year was? I mean, that. I mean, that's pretty gnarly for back then. Like, yeah. what about what year would you think that was?
1: Um, eighty. Three, oh, wow. 84, beginning of 84, something yeah. like
0: that. So. Yeah, it's just I see that bowl and, you know, you guys whipping around. And did it, the, Was the waterfall on it pretty steep like, to where when you went down, you could get a good pump right before it? Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, so on that bowl and in, in the early times of riding it, we would hit it one time and then come back to the, the waterfall, you call it, yeah. the roll-in area, and then head back out. And then Brian Blyther...
0: Sorry, it's okay. You can answer it if you want. I,
1: I don't. Yeah, don't answer the house phone. <laughs> so don't call me there. We'll just let her. It's it's fine. All right. So we'll we'll wait on that. Um. Yeah. So anybody that calls the house, it's it's they're all telemarketers. Telemarketers. Yeah, I know,
0: I it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. Okay.
1: So. <laughs>
0: I can just cut this little part. Up. There okay. we go.
1: So um. The roll in um, we, there was like three different lips or humps to it. I mean, where you would pump off a of one, pump down a second, and then yeah. up the wall, and then do the air, so it was like almost three pumps before you even got to the the vert
0: yeah, well, all those pumps help <laughs> i'm sure you, I'm sure you guys learned how to juice them all
1: so then Brian. Blither yeah. um started going into the pipe and started pumping the pipe and then coming out of the pipe and then gaining more speed so yeah. then that created more air and so we could get more air coming out of the pool or out of the pipe than to come in off the roll in
0: the wedged so, out part that yeah was that where like where hugo did the fence right right yes so <laughs> how how scary was hugo in that bowl back in the day
1: um, you know what's funny is that, you know, I remember seeing the video of him doing that head plant. The and nose, very, the, 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 the front wheel hop to face. Yeah, plant. right by the edge of the pipe. Yeah. He, during practice, he did it every single time flawless. Yeah. Flawless. Made it every single time. And then something happened during his run that. That he just went too far or got too excited? That wreck's or... horrible. <laughs> it was, it's horrible. Like a... And he tried to get back on his bike and ride again. So... But he was from NorCal, so he, would yeah. he just come down and ride the pipe for the contest? He literally probably rode that pipe maybe a couple hours prior to the competition. So,
0: Because I talked to Wilkerson. I was like, oh, hey, why didn't you ever you know, ride that thing? He's like, that bull was... He was like, it was too gnarly. He's like, you yeah. couldn't really go from out of town yeah. and ride that thing. Yeah. And
1: because we rode it
0: every single yeah. day. And and I was like, well, H- Hugo would go down anyway. He's like, Hugo's an <laughs> exception, you know? He's like, he's like, Hugo is just Hugo, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I mean, Hugo did, like, the fence right out of it, I think. Was it there at Lakewood where he 360'd over the he
1: fence? He 360'd over the um, Del Mar fence.
0: That's right, yep, yep. <laughs> So kind of okay enough about me fantasizing about pipeline and getting <laughs> runs there. So after the Haro thing, you got on Kuaharara to promote the ET bikes
1: right so um, uh, I Bob Morales and I became friends and, and started riding more and more and, and literally I didn't have a license till I was after 18. Is Bob a little older than you? So Bob's a little bit older, and he also had his license. So he was my ride to the skate parks and to these competitions. Um, and then um, he knew the, the the world of sponsorships. Yeah. And, and he, he also had a company called um, The Sticker Factory. Okay. And he would, him and I would actually go to the BMX track and sell stickers, and he would make money, and I would get free stickers, and I'd be hanging out, and I'd be riding the, the 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 track, and and uh, this and that. So anyhow, he um, knew Howie Cohen, and knew that uh, you know there was a possibility of getting sponsored. So him and I went to Everything Bicycles, yeah, and we talked to Howie about getting sponsored, and and literally. I think it was $100 a month and a shopping cart full of whatever we wanted to go. Man, I take that nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) It was literally, um, if if it was a Costco-sized warehouse... And it was everything bicycles. It wasn't just Kuaharas. It was everything. They had red line flight cranks. They had, you know, Oakley grips. They had everything everything under the sun that you could possibly want. And and, and we had a shopping cart. And it was, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this. Yeah. And we filled the carts and that was our sponsor. hundred bucks a month and 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 a shopping cart full. And
0: then you guys were in Kuhara. And then like we rode
1: a Kuwahara. So um, we went to, um, I actually went to Japan yeah. and rode for Kuhara at that point in time. And then when I got back, I think it was Bob and I that went, um, no, no, I went to Japan, um, did a couple, did a contest at, at Lakewood, or not Lakewood, Pipeline Yeah. Uh, in Kuohara uniform. And then I think it was a, a year contract that we did and i think after that year contract the negotiations were up and we you know i was getting in the magazines a little bit more and i knew that i was worth more and found out what sponsorships were about and and why why i was worth what i was asking and uh, i think we went to gt bob morales and i and, and started talking to gary and 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 richard long and was able to make um, a, a, a new new sponsorship through GT and yeah. and Howie was good and everything. We left on good terms.
0: Yeah. So. Um. And so, did you guys design the the first GT bike? So
1: frame? I I started doing these um, bar spins, but needed a a, um, a tube that would bend over the the mx1000 brake. yeah you know the the, Just the, the little, arm yeah on the caliper right? brakes so so and with the extra uh cable and i was able to it was before
0: pots mod right before
1: pots mod so we we uh i designed this top bar and then bob morales designed the the frame stander where he could stand on top because yeah. he was used to a torker and so between Bob and myself, we designed the performer. Yeah. And then later on, I wanted to uh, be able to stand more on the uh, rear peg area, the axles. Yeah. So I designed the um, the GT frame standers. Yeah. The, the round ones, right? They used to come out. Yeah. So I designed those. And... Uh, uh, that's, and that's that's of the GT it. stuff, yeah. yeah. But I've got some stuff that, you know, where I give the idea to Gary, and in his head, he designs something, and then he gives it to me and says, Will this work? And it's either a yay or a nay or, n- yeah. or not even close, and we'll try it out.
0: And, and- we, what made you want the frame stands over pegs? I mean, because that was probably still. I mean Pat was Pat Romano on GT then? So
1: not yet. So Pat Romano had just joined up with the BMX Action Trick Team.
0: And he was coming from a circus fixed gear. Circus background. background.
1: So so all the tricks that we had done, we had no pegs at that point yeah. in time. And then when Pat Romano came in, we saw what else was was possible. Yeah. Because there wasn't any YouTube or internet no, yeah, stuff yeah. that we could look at and and see. And uh so, from there, we, you know, uh, the pegs, you know, his pegs were, like, literally an axle extender. Yeah. And did not feel good whatsoever. Probably not with a pair of worn-in vans. No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, I designed this standard where it was more of a platform yeah. than a peg, and uh, it worked out for us. Nice. So
0: Yeah. I mean, with that, you know, you look back on some of that early GT stuff, and it, I mean, early Haro stuff, and it's right. like... You know, all that just was so, so brand new. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just, like, I bet you when the, when the GT frame first came out, it probably looked like a spaceship to people.
1: Oh, yeah, because it was something totally different than anybody else. Nobody else had it. And, and that's what was different about, you know, the GT Performer than all the other bikes. And then once the GT Performer came out, then you had, like, the Hutch Trickstar. And yeah. Then you had the, the Skyway TA. And then you had, um, you know, all these other brands that were all just different shit. Which was cool is that you could not have one sticker on any one of these bikes and still tell them apart.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, all the bikes back then. You had to have your own little splash <laughs> on things. Okay. So this
1: big block of aluminum came first. Yeah. And and then that was our frame standard and it was too big. So we designed this to be the frame standard. And then we wanted to do something on the fork. Well, Gary's idea to do something on the fork was the same frame standard yeah. on the fork.
0: Which just that that would have looked so weird to look down on.
1: Yeah, and the, and the thing is is that the the it worked really well except for the um The leverage that this has when you're on it and it wants to undo the. Oh,
0: I didn't even think about that, yeah. Yeah,
1: so we, yeah, I didn't think about it either until it happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And going, these aren't gonna stay on and there's no way to clamp it around. So so then we thought, you know, maybe wrap it around the fork somehow. And that's when those pegs, Mm -hmm. those rubber pegs, it literally. Was that the dyno ones? Yeah, and that I think they actually became—they were—they were motorcycle pegs. Oh, okay. And they just took something from somewhere else and made it work for BMX. Yeah. Just put it in different. Packages. Yeah, I
0: guess those are, those dyno pegs look like just motorcycle pegs. That's
1: exactly what they were. Oh wow!
0: So yeah, so you guys got the GT thing rolling and yeah. Um. So it was you and.
1: So it was myself and Bob Morales, and then uh, you know Bob Morales started doing more designing the and and running the uh, AFA and the ASPA ASP, ASPA. And that was before the AFA, right? Right. Okay. Right. The American Skate Park Association. Yeah. And then the AFA um, was after that, and and that was more of the. Um, Pipeline Del Mar, uh, skate city contest, yeah, stuff like that. So, I mean,
0: that was kind of the three for the king of skate parks, right? Yeah, okay. So, then that's rolling along yep. about 84. So, then we kind of go into the king of the skate park, king era. of the skate
1: parks. And Bob is literally running the, the, the competitions now, and I'm competing in the competition. How
0: old are you then? Probably like 16? No, 17? no, no,
1: I, um.
0: 1819 okay and yeah.
1: then 1819 around 84 yeah 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 uh, I graduated in 83 at 18 okay 84 18 19 um, and uh, yeah so uh, and and the very first king of the skate parks there wasn't really a pro class we were all still figuring it out and and I guess after the first competition um, they they figured that the guys that were getting paid and that were that were the experts were going to be turning. Those guys are the pro guys now.
0: Who and who would that have been?
1: Um. So myself. Um. I think Brian Deem was also in that pro class. Um. You know, GT had sponsored quite a few guys, and then yeah. then um. Uh, Morales Viola. Yeah. The MF team. Uh, we, we sponsored a couple other guys and, and, uh, uh, and then Haro started sponsoring some other guys like Mike Dominguez. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, it, you know, like I said, um, uh, uh, What's the guy's name? The, the, the very beginning when we first started the competition. oh Jeff Watson. Jeff Watson, yeah. He didn't go to any of those competitions.
0: He was already out of the scene. Yeah, he's
1: already gone. Yeah.
0: Oh wow. So, I mean, yeah, just in such and a, out. Just such a. I mean, it, it, we see it, it all the started time. somewhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and just by him doing something in the sport gave somebody else an idea that might be able to do something better or yeah. more competition things like
0: that. Yeah, and that that's one thing. That's why I wanted to bring up his name because mm-hmm. I'm like. You know when people talk about BMX and the history of it, I'm always like, I just feel like you know Jeff Watson sometimes overlooked. It. And I I know it's probably just because he was here just for a fleeting minute, right? But I feel like his little piece of the puzzle was a fairly sure. big piece, you know, yeah. for the time. So, but I mean,
1: like I I don't know how many photos he actually got in the magazine, yeah. And, and you know that the guys that were you know had magazines back then and got the magazines from the you know the bike shops and stuff like that. Um, you know, definitely. You know, Jeff Watson was on my wall, and yeah. you know, Tinker Juarez, and and so were the racers. You know, like Stu Thompson, Harry, Larry, everybody that had that style. And yeah, and,
0: and Tink, when did, I mean Tinker? When did that he start riding skate parks?
1: Uh, well, uh, I only competed. I actually competed with him, but not against him, at a competition called Moose Ranch. Okay. And Moose Ranch was up in Pomona area. It was a different skate park than Pipeline. Yeah. And uh, it, they actually literally had a half pipe, kind of like um, Lakewood, but you know, the we nobody knew what a competition was going to be about and what what you know the the, the difficulty was and things like that. So literally, they put cones.
0: Like a slalom
1: on the side of the wall of the half pipe and you had to go around the cones in order to to be in this competition and, and it was a timed event not necessarily a style event yeah so that was different um and and i don't even know what else i did but at that point in time i was riding in an uh, a novice class um and Tinker was in the expert class. There was no pros yeah. back then. And uh, I think Tinker and Jeff was competing against each other back then. I don't even know who won back Yeah, there's, But there's got to be some type of um, magazine coverage. I think Action Now might even cover yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I'll have to look for it. I have a lot of old magazines, so I'll, yeah. I'll definitely look for that one. So, yeah, the King of the Skateparks, the contest rolling in, in the first was the first year through those three co- the, the first king of the skate parks did it hit all three of those parks
1: yeah and yeah. it was just
0: the expert class so like what would the best been like 18 and over
1: yeah something like that yeah
0: and then um I mean, was that that felt like it was kind of time where BMX was really starting to get a lot it of attention it was
1: definitely getting a lot of attention and and at that point in time um the commercials uh, product companies like like Mountain Dew and Pepsi yeah. and Mellow Yellow and and all these companies started wanting some type of BMX in their in their commercials, mm-hmm. and you know all the BMX guys we didn't have agents and we weren't thinking of having agents we weren't thinking about getting in the commercials but the um, the product companies would go to the magazine and say hey who's your best guy yeah and and they would. Literally, the magazines would be our agencies, and and they would give our names to these companies, and and then we'd all show up for this audition. And sometimes I would get it, sometimes somebody else would get it, and and uh, so that also gave us a different venue of what we could do in in the entertainment world, I guess. Yeah. So,
0: do you feel like before we talk more about the king of skate parks? I feel like when you look back on the early, you know the kind of like Wilkerson was calling you guys like the first gen. You know, there's old school, but you guys are kind of like first gen. But I feel like there was kind of a divide when you look at like the pros of the time. You know, there'd be, like, you, Blither, and Dominguez. I know Dominguez, I think, was a fair amount. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he was so young back then. Right, right. But then you had, like, Mike Buff and RL mm-hmm. and those dudes. But it, it never seemed like those worlds crossed that much in the early times. It was, like, the Cement Park dudes. Mm-hmm. And, like, you'd see Buff's ramp or the BMX Action Trick team. But, you know, you're, like, RL at pipe, Pipeline? or but I, Just, like, something that you I, – I mean, at least for me, I never really saw it.
1: And it didn't seem like – did those worlds not cross very often they didn't but but you know and and the thing was is that you know freestyle back then was was everything you know there wasn't a dirt jumping contest there wasn't a skate park contest, yeah. just a skate park contest something literally the um when i wrote for kurohara and we had the skate park contest it wasn't just just a skate park contest we literally had a pool contest yeah um, there was a ramp out in the parking lot, and we had a ramp contest, and, well, it was all part, and it was an overall winning. Yeah. So there was flat, ramps, pools. Yeah. So you did everything, and you did it all with one bike. Yeah. Um, and So uh, BMX Action Trick Team was, you know, the best thing since sliced bread in their magazine yeah and, and and in order to stay that way, you wouldn't compete I see right so if you're on top, if you don't compete, then you never know yeah so it, the they the stuff that they did was, was really good, really smooth, but there was there was no way that they would be able to ride in the skate parks in in and and be in competition with the guys that rode the parks, yeah. You know, but they did more flatland, and so the guys that rode more parks didn't do any flat, so, I mean, it, it, so, yeah, they didn't really cross paths. Yeah,
0: I just, you know, you just never saw much, like, you know, I'd be like, oh, because you'd see pictures of Buff's half pipe and stuff, which was just insane for back in the day, Mm -hmm. but then you're just like, oh, you you know, I'm like, it's all Southern California, you you know, but you, it just didn't ever seem to to cross over, right? you know, um, and yeah, it was just something I've always kind of just, you know, wondered about. So, um, yeah, I do know. Uh, so, yeah, back to the king of the skate parks and, you know, you got the contest going. So the first year, was Dominguez even in the first
1: year? He was. He was in the, uh, the very first beginning of the skate park as an, as an expert novice rider or novice expert rider, uh, young kid, but he was busting out and, and he would be hanging out with, you know, Fred Becker and, and Steve Bennett.
0: Fred Becker is the one that invented Tuck No Hander, right?
1: No, no. The 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 No Hander was um, brain fart. (laughs) It it wrote. He wrote for um, free agent back in the day, and
0: um, oh, we can come back to it. Yes, I can put a note in. I know sometimes you're like.
1: I'll yeah, but it's up. not Fred Becker. Fred Becker didn't do uh, any. I don't think he did one-handers or one-footers, or he just did airs and he did style. But, yeah, but didn't take any anything off. Um, so the guy and, and the guy that did do the tuck no-hander uh, was the only guy back then that yeah. did it. So
0: I remember he did that pretty early. Yeah, back in the day. Um, so yeah, like the first year, let's say you guys got done, but this was it felt like. Second, how long did they run for? Four years?
1: Four, well, six years total, I think. Okay.
0: Um, but it felt like the second year is like really when the competition was like, that's when the pro class sure, did, right? Sure, yeah. And was Blyther in that pro contest then?
1: Not yet. Brian didn't get into the pro class until I think the third year. Okay. And, uh, or at the very end of the, of the second year. Yeah. Then when he turned pro. So. So
0: that second year the pro class would have, you know, was that kind of where you and Dominguez started battling? We
1: battled all the time. Yeah. But we were, you know, and the funny thing is, is that, you know, we, we were, you know, really good friends. I'd be hanging out at his house. I'd be driving his, his dad's truck and, and we're going places. And, and, uh, so every, everywhere we went, we, it was just. You know, even though we were in competition against each other, we were still good friends.
0: Yeah, because that was he on Haro the next year. Yeah, so that's kind of where the Haro GT, right? You know, right. That's and it where was
1: it was really cool. I and mean, like we were, you know, and and you know the the sponsors, you know, GT and Haro and Kuohara and Hutch and all these companies, they would they would do image ads. Yeah, you know, not necessarily just about the bike, but but gave us and promoted the writers yeah and and we became superheroes
0: well, I mean and that I mean you could make someone a superhero back right. then I mean that I mean we don't need to throw anybody's names out but there's plenty of dudes that were probably made superheroes that weren't even close to that level right
1: right well I mean I had a guy tell me you know dude I remember um I had you on my wall, and my buddy had, had Mike Dominguez on his wall, and I always, when I went out and rode, I, I always said, Eddie Fuel is the best, and I'm going to ride. I'm just going to be like Eddie Fuel, and, and my friend would be just like Mike Dominguez, and he rode, you know, all the horror stuff, and it was like they were in competition, but they rode, they wanted to be us. Yeah. And it was just funny hearing that, you know, that I'm not, I'm not used to, I'm just a guy that rides a bike. I just like riding my bike. Yeah. I have fun riding my bike, and and to be, you know, thought of as like a an idol or a superhero, it just feels weird.
0: Is that what is that the year where it started feeling like you were becoming more than just that kid that rode a bike in the neighborhood?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I still just rode a bike in the neighborhood. I just rode and had fun. But it, I mean, it's the years now that people are telling me. Yeah. That they had me on their wall or they had pictures of me and... and but it, you know, did, it
0: didn't seem like that to you at the time. It didn't seem like
1: that at the time. Yeah.
0: So, I know, like, those early years, you know, was 80... Was that second year where they had the first high air
1: contest? Uh, I think it was.
0: And there's... I mean, there's controversy still to this day about your guys' high... I mean, I mean it, it's funny because, like, people still talk about... Yeah. Talk about it. You know, they'll be like, oh, Eddie and Bob were buddies and they'd... Give him a bump of GT. No, and I figure this is something fun to talk about. No, no, you know? no,
1: no. It's it's exact. You know, and and I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so so um, and and it's a funny story that you know where I could see in the pictures. Sure, it looks like I'm lower. Yeah. But they also didn't have you know thirty thousand frames per second in their cameras. Oh yeah. And it wasn't. And and the person's finger could have you know didn't go off at the same time I was. But in the competition itself, and that day I won. Yeah. So 30 no. years later, he's still griping about it. No, and <laughs> I, me and my best friend
0: always have high air contests. Yeah. And he literally beats me out. I hate him for it. He beats me out by half a foot, like right. every time. And I'll complain, you know, but it's like, you know, when dudes are just sitting there and you got a height pole, mm-hmm. it's still like how you're seeing it. And if it's like coming within like six inches sometimes, I mean, there's yeah. always human now. Now it's style. Yeah, yeah. and it just—I mean, it, it well, is something. It's like way 30, better. thirty years later. You guys are still friends. You're friends back then. It's like yeah. something that doesn't need to be such a big deal. But it is funny that you know to this day, you know, people still talk right. about that. And it was like the first high air contest yeah. too. So what? What was about? How high did you guys go that day? It was. It was. It was high. It was like nine and a half. It was. That's not out of the fifteen foot deep bowl. Yeah. Here, here's a question, and I, I asked Ron this when I talked to him. How often did you guys... Because I broke forks so much back in the day.
1: I never broke a bike in my life. Really? I never, when I rode for GT, I never broke any forks. I never broke any frames. Um, I did break a couple of Skyway wheels. Um, I did break a couple of uh, um, ACS wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I started riding the alloys... And the one and three eighths, uh, I didn't break anything. Everything was nice and smooth. I remember one time um, doing a, a a at a at a show, riding a GT um, before they had their goosenecks. I was riding a torker stem. Yeah, one of the little skinny three six bolt. Yeah, I snapped that thing off on an air on a three sixty. Uh, off the kick turn ramp, yeah, to flat.
0: Oh yeah, that that seems like a, <laughs> that would totally break back in the day. How so, when you were riding pipeline or in those parks back then? I mean, bike parts were crappy, and I'm sure there were kids that were just passing stuff around. Did you just? I mean, it feels like stuff would have just been breaking left. I and didn't right.
1: break any. Like I said, um... did
0: you see anybody just have?
1: I didn't. Not a whole lot. Really? Yeah. See, that's.
0: Yeah. It's funny because you'll be like, you'll look back on stuff, and you're like, I mean. Every decade, dudes are going just as hard every decade. Sure. You know, it's like you guys are doing like almost 10-foot airs out of a 15-foot bowl on mm-hmm. bikes that... Or weren't half
1: as good as they are today. They're not even like a quarter good. Yeah. And you're just like, how? Oh, yeah. Like I said, looking at my bike now, yeah. there's no way. But then you're just like, how did more stuff not just break? break? Yeah.
0: Because especially since it's still in the learning, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's still learning stuff and everything's so new. Yeah. And it's just like... I'm like, how did dudes not get more
1: jacked? Yeah, on stuff breaking and it, it. I, you know, um, I had I had a tendency to ride smooth. Yeah, I didn't land hard. Um, I, I'm sure that uh, you know uh, Hugo might have broken more stuff. <laughs> <that. laughs> Hugo, <laughs> you know, so it's. But I, you know, I've broken. I I. I've broken bones.
0: Yeah. What? what what's what, like? What's the injuries that you acquired?
1: Uh, uh, not as many as Matt Hoffman, but uh, <laughs> and not all at one time. So, so both arms, both legs, all my fingers, nose three times, collarbone, left one three times, right one twice, dislocation twelve times in the in the left shoulder, um, both legs, big toe, and I got a new hip. Oh, you got a new hips
0: you and <laughs> so, you and moeller got those new hips yes,
1: and I talked to Moeller prior to getting mine, yeah, and he said it's the best things I think things Kevin Robinson ever...
0: got new hips too, yeah. didn't
1: he? I talked to Kevin right before he got hips. yeah, his...
0: yeah Moeller seemed like it brought new life to him like yeah. when I was talking to him he 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 seemed excited about yeah. it, so um so you doing the king of the skate parks, you know, and that's rolling on how did uh you want to talk about rad for a minute yeah, sure, I mean, I feel like yeah. Is that is that something and I don't think it does, but is that something do you feel like you're pinholed a little too much into rad or where it covers up too much of what you did in your, your um, writing career? Or are you
1: totally... No, I'm totally good with it. it's you know, uh, you know, people say, Oh, I you know, I love that movie rad. Some people don't even know that we we're I was in the movie, you yeah, know. You had the Mohawk helmet. I no I had the Mohawk. <laughs> helmet. And and you know, but a lot of times they don't they don't realize that I did ninety nine percent of the stunts. Yeah. Um, you know, Martin did did a lot of stunts also, and Jose Yanez did the flip, did the backflip. Um, but uh, the you know, I actually had a meeting with um, Hal Needham and the the writers, and and they came to my house, and they t- they had talked to me prior to the movie coming out. Yeah. Um, and uh, then years. Uh, Months later, or something I don't know exactly what the time span was, but they um they got back to me and they wanted me to do a lot of the stunts and then they had hired I was told that they had hired an, uh, an actor yeah that was close to to that looked like me or close to okay me as possible yeah and literally they had hired me first, and then they got an actor to to be my double, yeah, my acting double so um and it just went really well from there, and I was still so- sponsored by GT. And I don't know if you know this, but but a lot of the the companies that were there, those guys, a lot of the those guys weren't getting paid.
0: Okay, they just wanted him in the movie. They just
1: wanted them in the movie. I mean, because and, and, it just
0: seemed like, I mean, it had almost been like a trade show. It seemed like everybody in BMX was there. Right,
1: vans, uh, mongoose, all these companies, GT but uh, i feel like haro may have been like the, one of the only companies that i didn't they they, they weren't there yeah, I, yeah that, and they had pulled out i don't know why they pulled out but they they did and and uh, maybe they thought it just wasn't worth the money that they were they were yeah. putting into it so um but but Ronnie was sponsored by was he sponsored by Haro at that time? Wilkerson? Yeah, I think because he was in the very beginning. Sequence. He was. Yeah, he. Yeah, he was on. Yeah, because
0: he got he rode for them in '84, so '86. Right. He. I mean he was on until '89ish. So yeah, I mean that the beginning sequence is, is epic. Yeah, I, I mean it's yeah. so What's good. What's funny
1: is that you know I I to this day, you know seeing that 540, um, he didn't pull it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that was just on a quarter pipe, right?
1: It was at the Tol.
0: At that wizard, the, right? Wizard Publications. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so they, you know they kind of just got everybody together, and you guys went up to Canada and, and filmed it, and it, right. And right. It, I mean, if you, you still have relation, good relationships and friendships from from that movie, right?
1: Yep. yep. Still hanging out with uh, Bill Allen. Yep. And uh, uh, talked to Jamie, which is um, Bill's best friend in the movie. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So he's a a. Um, this guy, woo, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> so I doubled him. Yeah. Also, at that point, and uh, how familiar were those
0: guys with BMX before the movie?
1: Well, it looked like Jamie knew a little bit about BMX and knew how to ride a little bit more than what uh, Bill did, because Bill was really stiff. And I uh, saw Bill
0: go up that curb at Seven Eleven in yeah. it, and you could always be like.
1: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, why is he so stiff? So yeah, and then and then Bart, Bart didn't even ride a bike.
0: Yeah, he's he was he's a uh, what is he uh, Olympic gymnast or uh, something?
1: I think he was a five or six time Olympic gold
0: medalist. No, I remember he was. Yeah, I think he was at Woodward once when I worked there, yeah. and like people were they're like Bart Taylor's here, and
1: I'm like, I'm like I think he's got a real name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Bart Connor. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, yeah he 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 still and and i actually had all those guys at my house um and we filmed the behind the scenes um audio
0: yeah here. oh so dubbed so here's here's a question i got um so you know the movies never came out on DVD you're yeah. getting bootlegs
1: and stuff yeah what is? I mean, I've heard you hear stories. What's? Do you know the real reasoning behind that? I don't know the exact reason. I've never. I I know who owns it. Talia Shire owns it. Okay. She, it's, it's Talia. It's Talia Films that that you know the producing of the movie, and and uh, I don't know why she hasn't come out with the movie indie on DVD format. Um and. I mean, it's like such. It it is. I mean, even
0: compared to even like you know, 16 candles and stuff like that. And I'm not putting it on that level, but right. it is like, if you broke down like the, you know, top 20 cult classics of the eighties, it's definitely in oh, there. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, they'll have showings in Portland and we'll go there and we know all the lines and you know, it's almost like Rocky horror picture show oh, for, right. for, for BMX <laughs> dudes, you know, to where you're like, Oh, I know all the lines, you know, which scenes coming up right. and you're just excited about it. But it's always just crazy that for such a movie with such a following, mm. Um, it's just never been released on DVD.
1: Yeah, I mean, such a following that I've met parents that have named their kids Crew.
0: There you go. Yeah, I mean that it, it does have that following. I mean, it's yeah. just such a iconic. It it captured. It hit at the right time yeah. to capture just that spirit of the eighties perfectly. I mean, yeah. I thought so. And,
1: and it's funny is that you know uh, I don't realize until somebody says something to me that, you know, what other people have... It, you know, Rad was huge, and it was a lot bigger than a lot of people, you know, that weren't into BMX, but they loved the movie. Yeah. You know, so so those are the people who don't know who I am, but know who Bill is. Yeah. Right? So... Um, and poor
0: Bill has been called true his whole life. His, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know if you heard the Shaquille O'Neal story.
0: No, I haven't.
1: So, so... Um Mike Miranda and Bart Connor are at this um celebrity They probably met at Woodward. Yes. Yeah. And they were at this celebrity golf tournament.
0: Because Mike Miranda's a pro golfer
1: now. Yes. And so so they're at this celebrity golf tournament and they're at the club. Clubhouse now, and they're eating lunch, and there's a ton of celebrities there, and ton of people going on, and all of a sudden Shaquille O'Neal comes in the, in the room, and he's looking around, and he sees Bark Connor, yeah, right, and and this is um, uh, Mike Miranda telling the story, and he says the it was like the the seas parted, and and Shaquille <laughs> runs across and. And he goes up to Bart Connor and he shakes his hand. And he says, "Dude, you are the best in Rad." And Bart goes, "I win six gold medals for the United States." <laughs> and you remember me from Rad? So it was just funny that that you know that that you know Shaquille O'Neal and I. I literally asked him personally this question, and he says, "Yeah, one hundred percent." That was, I love that movie. I mean, I, yeah, and I'm always interested, because
0: there's a, you know, you're always like, oh, you know, there's famous people, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody talks about, like, you know, uh, Slash from Guns N' Roses and stuff. You know, you're like, who who actually rode or was into BMX, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Well, I got one for you. Yeah. Um, So, I'm working as, I I do stunts now. Yeah. So, I'm working on a movie called um, The Hangover. Yeah. And... Just another stunt guy on the hangover. It's not even happening to do about bikes. I'm just going to do this near miss. So the, the, the cop car is supposed to be on the um, uh, the sidewalk. Yeah. And they had hired a bunch of stunt guys to get out of the way. And it's supposed to be like a 25 mile an hour near miss. Yeah. Right? And all the actors are inside the, the cop car. So when I get to the set, the um, the PA comes up to me and says... You know the production assistant, just in case anybody didn't know. I honestly didn't know. Okay, so <laughs> the, the production assistant comes up to me and says, "Okay, your room is over here, and the wardrobe's over here, and oh, and by the way, um, did you do you ride BMX or something, or did you do, you do BMX or so, something like that?" I'm going, "Yeah, I rode a little bit here and there." And she goes, "Well, one of our one of our actors is a huge fan of yours." I okay, go, really? And he said, "I go, who's this?" She goes, Ed Helms. Really? And it, and literally at this point in time, I didn't know who Ed Helms was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now he's in the office. And oh yeah, he's he's, he's the so... doctor. You know, loses tooth anyhow. So I'm on the set, and I'm doing this the near the 25 mile an hour near miss gets turned into a two mile an hour walk around the car. Yeah. So, they hired us for no apparent reason to do a stunt. I'm sure that happens a lot in Hollywood. It does, unfortunately, but we still get paid the same. <laughs> so, so um, as as the cop car is doing their their little run back and forth, and I'm missing the car, this and that, the the, the camera inside the cop car says, okay, we have to do, our, uh, we need more film. So, we're doing a reload. So, everybody gets out of the car. And... As Ed Helms gets out of the car, he comes running over to me and he goes, "Dude, you know that one trick you do in the very beginning of Brad and you have your hand and you do the whip and the bike comes around." Oh, I know what I know. And which... he explains and he goes, "You're doing that and then you come around in the movie you're doing the 180 and you wave at the, you know, the guy says a thousand times a porch." And he knows the movie by like the back of his hand. Yeah. So I mean, he says, oh I used to ride and I used to have my own trick team and all really? this other stuff. Oh yeah. It was. So what's funny is that I'm just another stunt guy in the set but I'm talking to one of the main actors and then I'm talking about how come you know I would really like to get the rights to the movie Rap. Yeah. And Ed goes well I think the director has lunch with Talia all the time. And he Calls the director over. So we're literally Las Vegas Boulevard and he calls the director over and now I'm talking to the director about RAD. Yeah. And I'm talking to Ed Helms about RAD and I'm talking about this and you, and I'd like to get the, the, the rights and whatever it might cost and this and that and says, I'll make a phone call right now. So he's calling Talia right then and there. Like I'm going to get the rights. Yeah. And he's calling and he gets an answering machine. That's on. the last I heard. <laughs> but Ed Helms grew up grew up R- riding. Riding bikes. Wow. So, yeah.
0: I think he's, he's probably like close to my age, I yeah. think. so. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, I, I just always love hearing, like, you know, just because everybody's got their own story with BMX. And it's just always interesting, you know, like, who rode mm-hmm. and, and, you know.
1: And, and there's guys that, you know, I had a, you know, when Face, when, not Facebook, um, MySpace. Yeah. yeah. When MySpace got big, um... I got. I had a guy, you know, uh, get online and chat with me. He says, "Hey, you don't remember me, but I rode with you back in the early '80s, and I rode the skate parks back then." Um, my name was uh, uh, Tommy uh, uh, Ru- Tommy. Tommy something. Yeah. And but uh, now I'm in this new industry. It's kind of an in, you know, the entertainment. But now it's my name's Tommy Gunn. In the entertainment, adult entertainment world. Oh shit! <laughs> so so literally, this guy, this guy is one of ten guys in the whole industry. In the porn industry. In the porn industry. Yeah. And and if you've ever watched porn, you've seen him. Yeah. He used to race or ride BMX, and he used to do tricks, and he, and and with, it, it's.
0: Yeah. It 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 just it's just always so interesting to me. Uh. You know, who, who
1: has watched it and what people get into And, and, and like, how. yeah,
0: who, because you see those pictures of Slash, and like, Slash yep. was a legit BMXer. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I'm, I, he, is he from Southern California? I think
1: he's from Long Beach.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys maybe rode together mm-hmm. back in the day. I mean, yeah. maybe you know that. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's funny... The boost Rad probably gave the BMX industry Mm -hmm. at the time. I mean, like I started riding from it and so many people have that same story. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, back in the day, I mean, the only, any, any pictures you saw were in the magazines and you didn't get to see anybody actually do anything.
0: Probably the only video before that was the King of the Skate Park videos, maybe. Right. And
1: where did that hit?
0: You know, maybe you're lucky if your that vid- my video store had it mm-hmm. and I would rent it, rent that <laughs> and rad like every week. My mom would be like, are you renting those again? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can I get the three day rental? So I could at <laughs> right? least sit, because I would watch the beginning and ending part of rad oh, yeah. and like practice tricks. And like Ed Helm was saying, I do the, you know, the one where you set it down and do the magic oh, and yeah, you yeah, pull yeah. it up. Yeah. I'd, I'd try to hit that one. Um, you know, just kind of just go over everything right. and then. Uh, King skate parks. I, I mean, I just had a, a quarter pipe and a cow pasture, mm-hmm. so I did my best, you know, avoiding cow cow mm-hmm. pies to hit the <laughs> quarter pipe to to learn what I could do. A dirt runway. Well, it was it was dirt, but we had like pieces of plywood right, laid right, right. laid to it, and uh, yeah, you know, you just That's ride that and keep her going. So after Rad, you know, let's about 80, 87,
1: Were you is 80, that eighty was when Rad came out, and then eighty-seven, um, we started doing more tours and That's U.S. We, stuff. Yep, and, and that
0: I wanted to talk to you a little about the tours because the GT tours are like notorious. They yep. were enormous. I mean, you guys had two to three touring teams at a time. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know you went to some crazy place back then. I, I wanted to. Well, you went to Saudi Arabia, right?
1: Well, we went to Saudi, but we we they wouldn't let us in. So oh, okay. We literally, got there. We had talked to. Uh, customs or whatever, and and something about BMX didn't
0: didn't cross translate over. over. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't, we didn't get to go in. Do You, I mean, you traveled the whole but, world. But, yeah,
1: China, a... Japan, England, Switzerland, Sweden, France, um, um, uh, Curacao. Um, Did you go to Russia? We didn't go to Russia. Um, but China may
0: I, have even been crazier than Russia back then. We
1: went to um, mainland China. So, yeah, we, we were in, you know, some hostile areas at some point in time. Yeah. And then we went through, when we went to Germany, we actually went through the DDR and... Oh, wow. And, and you know, there was a time limit on, on how fast you're supposed to go from point A to point B in the DDR. And if you showed up, you know, from your, your paperwork that when you took off and you show up and you're too early, well, then they give you a speeding ticket. If you're too late, well, then what were you doing? Wow. So, I mean, it was real, you know, so it was dead nuts all the way across. And
0: who, who were, like, your, when you did those tours, who were, like, your favorite people to tour with at that time?
1: <sighs> um, gee, uh, Dave Breed was one of the guys I did the world tour yeah. with. Um, I also did a a tour with uh, Bob Morales. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of U.S. tour stuff I did with... um. Uh, Adam Jung, um, uh, Steve cassop and I uh, also did uh, um, a U.S. tour with Britannia with um, Chris Lashua.
0: Oh yeah, Chris so, Lashua's sick. He rides <laughs> so fast. Yeah, he was he's sick. Um, so yeah, do, do what, you got any like wild stories from tour? Any anything you want to maybe share?
1: You know, as it, it's funny I mean, like. It's either that I hit my head too many times or uh, that, you know, I just remember the BMX, riding BMX, yeah. and not remembering what we did afterwards. I've had more and more people tell me, oh, yeah, you came to our house and you swam in our pool and we had dinner and this. I,
0: don't I, know. I did that with Todd Anderson. Todd Anderson was uh-huh. the first, him, Jeff Cotter, and Danny Hubbard were the first show I saw. Right. And it was for vans. It was like 92 where I think they did the promotion tour mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think you guys were the other touring team i think right. maybe it's been you and josh white and somebody else josh white and uh, scott freeman yeah so you get you know and i was like oh i wanted josh white to come because he's from Oregon. right right and i was like oh todd anderson sick and we went and had lunch with him yeah. and that first time i met todd i brought it up to him and he just had the most blank look <laughs> on his face So
1: yeah and uh, i wish i could remember more and, and what's funny is that i just i just spoke with um uh robbie McCreary. Oh, I've heard the name, yeah. Okay, so he was an expert rider sponsored by GT. And I actually, was, I, when I was riding Pipeline, I saw this kid and I said, Hey, dude, you need to get sponsored by GT. Let me introduce you. And I, and I helped it along and, and he actually got the sponsorship and he started riding. He started doing shows and he was doing shows with Gail Webb and myself. And, and anyhow, he was telling me the story that, uh, that um, we were doing a Gail Webb show. And that we had to stay, spend the night somewhere at a hotel. And that we had hooked up or that I had hooked up with some girl. And that girl had a sister or girlfriend or something like that. And we all went back to the hotel.
0: Nice, nice. Right?
1: And Robbie (laughs) Robbie was like 14, 15, really young. And I had, you know, hooked up with this girl. And Randy or Robbie was kind of didn't know what to do because this is first time with this this girl and and he's in a hotel. Oh, and, so
0: he's with the other girl. Yeah,
1: he's with this other girl and this other girl was older than he was and he didn't know what to do and he said he was... He's telling me that he had to, you know, literally look over to the other bed and was trying to mimic what I was doing. <laughs> and I'm oh. going, I don't... I, I don't remember. Yeah. I literally don't remember that stuff but people tell me And when things. you were doing
0: those tours, was it... I mean, when you roll up to places, I mean, those tours... You bring in, like, thousands of people, right?
1: Thousands. I, I mean, it, it was like we were rock stars. And it didn't... I mean, like, I, I rode a bike. I rode yeah. a bike. But we, we showed up at these contests or, or these, these shows and, and literally at the, the Rockville show Yeah, yeah. in, in Maryland. Which was one
0: the most epic BMX shop we would have.
1: We would have you know the GT team, the Hutch team, the Haro all the same time, all the show at the same time, and we would all ride at one time, and and it was just an epic time. But I mean, like how many people were there was just unbelievable. And you got Spike
0: Jones slanging vans inside, yes.
1: And and I don't know if you know about this. There's a there's a video out there um, that this guy Steve Markham has. Yeah. And it's literally a time capsule video, and he it's it's this little grommet kid that has this v h s camcorder on his shoulder that has took video that whole day, yeah, and is rough cut and shows the bike shop, shows myself Josh white and Martin Apriillo and Dino deluca all working on our bikes inside the bike shop and it's he's showing the bike shop inside there, and it shows all this vintage oh boat. yeah back then and then then the show and it's really cool oh and and what's funny is that that he markham had given this video to uh bmx plus yeah as a promotional thing and say hey can you put this in the magazine and and uh when it came out when they did this little editorial on on the video it, it broke steve's heart but in the same time you know The, the, the editorial that they gave it says, this is the worst video ever seen, but I couldn't turn it off. Yeah. So the first five words, worst video ever, but I couldn't turn it off. You know, you can't because you're just watching it the whole time. It just
0: almost feels like you're there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyhow.
1: Is that up on YouTube or anything? It's not. I mean, the guy sells it on, on oh, eBay. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Shoot. Maybe we can find a link and we can post it up for people to yeah, check it out. That'd be cool. Um, so, yeah, you're doing the tours. And, you know, I've heard like, I mean, you guys toured so much. Did, you know, I've even like talking to Josh and Monty Hill, like, right? I, yeah. you know, and they just said, you know, you guys got toured to death. You know, we
1: literally we got out of out of the van or out of the motorhome and we we started putting ramps together and we did a show. As soon as we were done with the show, we'd sign a couple autographs, tear everything down, get in the va- the van or the motorhome and drive to the next spot. Get the hotel next morning, wake up early, go to the next spot, set up, same thing over and over every single day.
0: Did it during the summer? Did it affect? The way you thought about BMX,
1: um, it it turned a fun thing into a job. Yeah, you know, and and getting paid to ride, fun wise, was great. But then getting paid to to tell you when to ride, not so fun.
0: And you did that for how many years?
1: Yeah, quite, I mean, it, till the early nineties.
0: Yeah, and did so when you were doing those tours. I mean. And like, let's say when it kind of rolled into the early two hip contests. Yeah, I mean, you wrote you rode in the early two. I hi-
1: ro- I think the '88 was my last year of com- competition.
0: Yeah, because you wrote at the Enchanted Ramp contest, yeah. right? With yeah. like, uh,
1: you, that was you, the first time is that, that t- the one where Grosso, Grosso took, took yeah. the naked run, <laughs> the naked run. <laughs> yeah, that was it.
0: Yeah, and that was that. 88 was the last year yeah. you competed. Was mm-hmm. that the last contest? The that was
1: the last time I competed. They had had more contests after that.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that was the last... The Enchanted Ramp Finals were probably the last one. Yeah. And that's one where Mike almost pulls the 900. I mean, it, that was an yeah, epic contest. Yeah, it was contest. an epic
1: contest. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that a lot of people did back then that were just unreal.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, that whole contest. I, every time I... That one and there's that Flint, Michigan one from mm. 88 that I love watching because I think some of the, you know, the British invasion kind of started right, happening. Right, right. And, I mean, there were so many great vert writers that came mm-hmm. out of England at that time. You So, you know... I saw in the magazines. I would read about the Grosso mm-hmm. naked mm-hmm. run. Right, right, you were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can you fill us? You know, not very many of us were there. Can you fill fill us in on what was going on with that? I mean, it's-
1: I, I remember him just um, showing up on the. Uh, all of a sudden, he shows up on the on the on the deck. Yeah, <laughs> naked, except for a helmet and shoes. And there's a lot of people at this contest. And there's a lot of people, and especially, you know, Matt Hoffman was a young Matt Hoffman yeah. at that time, and Matt's mom was there, Matt's dad was there, and Matt's dad just went ape shit. Like this is not right. This is it's a kid, It's a family oriented thing. Yeah. And and you got to remember that earlier on in. In our early years of, of BMX, it's all about wearing the uniforms and it's all about being wholesome and good and, and, and promoting our sponsors. And then, you know, towards the end of it in 1988 and, and Grosso and those dude, He was
0: like one of the main dudes trying to break that the, down.
1: The, the the bad boys of, of BMX and, and uh, where you'd have, um, you know, Grosso and Pete Augustine and, and uh, you know, where, you know... It was looking less and less sponsored, and more um, aggression was coming out, and more street riding was yeah. was there. Um, and and I think that's where I was, you know, going out at that point. In how time. how old
0: were you in '88?
1: Uh, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we'd have to go through the math. Uh, uh, I'm I'm uh, eighteen and eighty three, so. Eighty-eight would be
0: five more years. Yeah, so, so I don't want to do the math in my head. Early twenties. So yeah, 23. twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah, that's so well, young to be like.
1: Right, right. But I mean, uh, I'm still getting sponsored by Vans tennis shoes. Yeah. And still doing shows. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Not spray Farm. We do live shows there, and still doing Gail Webb shows, and you know, we're um, getting paid to ride. Was more fun than, than the going to competitions.
0: And do you so. think kind of the touring and stuff took that little bite out of you too? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, an organized, um, I think the right tour would be better than just the, gr- day gr- after the grind. Day, yeah. Some of
0: those were just a grind house. Yeah. So back to Grosso. So he's up there.
1: He's up there buck naked and uh, except for helmet and shoes and, and goes for his run and. And, so he she actually doing tricks? Oh yeah, no. I mean big airs and one-handers, one-footers, uh can-cans. Yeah, no. He's, <laughs> yeah. And and his junk just hanging out. What
0: did Ron, was Ron freaking out or did
1: No, Ron was all laughing and having fun. I know that he was the um yeah, the the Christ, well, not the Christian boy. He was, uh, he was Mormon Mormon at that yeah. point in time and and before his his big fall, I think that that was before his the head injury. yeah, yeah,
0: maybe was it the same? I think it was the same year. Same year, year. but it was, that was towards the end of the AFA contest. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, yeah, he wasn't freaking out, or, and he was just about yeah, do whatever. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, the the main person that was really, um, had had a problem with it was was uh, Matt's dad. Yeah.
0: Oh, I and, could see a few parents freaking yeah. out. You know. So,
1: and I wasn't exactly happy about it. Yeah. It's like that's not what our sports about. But I
0: mean, yeah, it was a time though. I mean, that was definitely, like, 88. Mm -hmm. It was going that way. 88 to 92 really felt like such... Everything's fast-forwarded so much Mm -hmm. in BMX. You know, like, how fast the bikes were... You know, Mm -hmm. the bikes couldn't keep up with how fast the sport was going. But then
1: again, I mean, like, in 88, they started trying to figure out sports. They tried to make sports up. I I mean, do you remember the F1 bike that they made? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, here we go. You got the phone call. (laughs) Oh, wait a second. (laughs) I got... How much? How much longer you got? One forty-five. Yeah. You want to?
1: That's. We're getting close.
0: All right. What? <laughs> what? Here, we'll go over a couple more things.
1: If you want, no. No, wait. Today. Today's Tuesday. Yeah. Today's not an early day. No, we got. We got another forty-five minutes. Oh, cool,
0: cool, cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean. 88 to, you were talking about how uh you know they were trying to make up sports like the G, what GPV bikes F1 bikes and stuff like that
1: right right and
0: that that was like i mean would you say 88 87 was like the peak of BMX freestyle kind of would you say that was like bef- yeah, right yeah. before the crash right yes um yeah i mean it just seemed like definitely you know they had scooters i mean
1: yeah, everything else was coming in the big wheel scooters and you know the zoot scoots and all that
0: stuff. <laughs> as I like could, du- you know, as a dude who'd been riding for a long time, right. what did you did you think stuff was getting a little corny? Did you understand why some of the dudes were rebelling against it? Did you feel like it was getting a little too like candy coated or?
1: Um, I don't. Know. Well, I was getting paid really well.
0: Yeah, so, so you were just so like in,
1: in in my realm, you know, of uh, being sponsored and having the sponsors and and. Getting paid to ride was was I was happy go lucky, but it was the it was the the rebellion guys that you know not getting the money that we were getting,
0: but still being very talented,
1: but having the talent, you know. Um, and then um, you know GT was figuring out that you know, okay, so I wasn't winning the competitions anymore, and it started I you know new guys were coming in, and Josh White was coming yeah. in, and 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 Matt and and these new guys would ride for less. Yeah. And, and, but do more.
0: Yeah. So. Did you have as much fun riding the half pipe contest as you did the cement parks? No. Do you, do you prefer cement park?
1: I did. I yeah. did. But, you know.
0: Just things change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, at that time, like, let's say when you were doing shows and stuff and, you know, kind of like, you done competing. Were you still riding Pipeline and stuff?
1: Yes. Yeah, I rode Pipeline until the day they closed it. Were you there the last day? I wasn't there the last day, like when they were actually bulldozing. Brian was, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. But, uh, no, I wasn't there the last day. I was there the day that they had chopped all the fences down. And I think by them chopping all the fences down, it gave me a different feel of riding that place mm-hmm. and i couldn't ride after that really yeah it, it felt weird because i didn't have a you know the fences gave me a sense of where i was oh yeah yeah air. yeah. and then when they were gone it was like i can't even air i can't
0: did, did you kind of did you get fly out i did yeah i did some people don't think that's a real thing it, but i know people that have gotten fly out i did
1: and and i have it to this day to where, I mean, I can do little airs and three, four foot airs, but then when I start to think about riding, that's when it all goes to jello. It's just too much in your head now? Yeah, I think fly out, I think air, I don't know what I'm doing. And but I've, I've seen
0: you ride like box jumps and stuff. And Yeah, you st- I
1: can still jump and I can still do backflips and I can still do flatland, but, but it's the- just doing an air at six or eight feet out just does something.
0: It's so weird, because as I get older um and I've never had fly outitis, but I've known people that have had it, mm-hmm. and it, I talking to them there, it sounds like a, a scary it thing, sucks, but as you get older, you know sometimes just like my whole thing is I'm getting older, I'm like, oh, if I can just do five, six feet, yeah, because doing an air really is like the least stressful thing on your body,, mm-hmm. and to just have fly outitis that's just like you know it's got to, i bet you, it seems like it'd be frustrating,
1: yeah, yeah, especially
0: knowing like that you're like it's all here, yeah. Like I'm sure when you think about it, you're like, I could hit this quarter, hit that one foot tape, oh, it'd be great. But then I, I mean, then it just clicks. I mean, how does it work? It just starts overthinking it. Yeah,
1: I think it's an overthink, it's over overthought process, and and uh, um, it just it's weird. I it, like I said, it, it you you go up for the air and and you think air, but then you think fly out at the same time. Yeah. So that. Just messes with you because now are are you going to land on the platform or am I supposed to land on the inside? Yeah. So you just toss everything.
0: <laughs> when they when they were tearing down pipeline, I mean, did that just feel like it took a part of you out?
1: Um, it 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 was a um uh knowing it was going to happen because. You know, they tore Lakewood down, they tore Skate City down, they tore Del Mar down. It was
0: like the last the last of the giants. one.
1: Yes. Yeah, so so knowing it was gonna happen, it wasn't that big of a deal, just knowing that gone you know, and and knowing that um you know, knowing the owners and knowing the hassles that they had to go through that, you know. The insurance problems that they were going through—that little Johnny broke his arm in the skate park. Well, you signed a waiver.
0: Yeah, back then the insurance was way different than it is nowadays.
1: Right. Well, now nowadays you have that extreme yeah contract that that if you go into the park, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, guaranteed. If you don't want to get hurt, don't go into the park.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, did he get tore down in '89?
1: i i'm not exactly sure yeah
0: that. i think i think that's what it is i remember seeing the pictures in yeah and freestyling and you were just like
1: yeah well uh i think thrashing one of the magazines i think is or trans world skateboarding actually has pictures of some of the skaters in the bowl while they got the crane while they got the crane and the, and the
0: how was how was growing up since you know you started writing in the 70s how was you know because it does bleed into even modern times mm-hmm. um how were the skateboard BMX relations?
1: Uh, back in the day, I, I got along with all the skateboarders. Yeah, I, I didn't have any problems. And back, you know, I, even I, even at
0: Pipeline with Salba and those uh, dudes.
1: Salba, I got along with Salba, Malba. Um, I I didn't ride with the Tony Alva uh, all that much, but I remember riding with Mike Smith and and uh, Lance Mountain and Christian Assoy and all these guys and 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 even Caballero. Where we took turns. We just we all rode the skate park at one time. Yeah. We didn't have any They problem. were
0: more in the combi bowl though, weren't they?
1: Well, I was in the Combi Bowl yeah. also. So I mean like And Combi Bowl was gnarly. Right, right. And and to just take turns and and, and you know, respect out of one another's riding ability and, and you know, they had to start somewhere. They didn't start doing airs and I didn't start doing airs. So the guy that doesn't do airs, take a turn. Yeah. You know,
0: I always—it's always weird because I, you know, I see pictures of like Salva and those dudes, like you know, doing thrusters and stuff in the full pipe. Right. But you never really saw the skaters mess with that deep end that much. Right. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen, and I'm sure there is, you know, pictures of them airing it. But mm-hmm. it, it almost seemed like the pipe bowl was more the BMX bowl, yeah, and the combi was more more
1: skateboarding. Yeah, but like then that. I,
0: you know, I'd see pictures of you.
1: You know... My, corner airs. Well, yeah, that's what I
0: was yeah. <laughs> I, Was Hugo the first one to do corner airs? I remember seeing no, pictures of him.
1: I, I don't know who the first... I mean, because Michael and I would both ride at the same time. And then sometimes I knew that Mike was still in school and I was out of school and I'd go show up. And I'd practice for like three or four hours and I'd know that Mike would show up after that. Yeah, And so... Um, I would stop writing and stop doing the tricks that I knew that I might use in the contest. <laughs> so, so and, and Mike would do the same things, and you know where we would, you know, bust something out literally at the competition. Yeah. Well, when did you try that? And when did you start doing? I mean, Mike almost did three sixty whips out of the three sixty tail whip uh, alley oop three sixty. Yeah, because you guys there. did
0: alley oop out of the bowl, mm-hmm. and there's a secret. Sequ- maybe it's in BMX in yeah, action think,
1: now or something. I Think it's in BMX or BM Is BMX it, action.
0: Yeah, uh, where he gets the tail whip three sixty tail or two seventy yeah, tail whip under his legs. Close and eighty four. Yeah,
1: and he also did like the five forty um, inside the the square part of the pool. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, there's so, I, you know, there's so much stuff that people be like, oh, this guy did this, and yeah. I'm sure as being an older writer, you're like, no, I saw a guy do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just BMX in general. Right, right. And you I know? And,
1: and, and like I said, some, well, I haven't said it to you, but, you know, people ask, well, what kind of tricks have you invented? I don't like to say that I invented anything, because yeah. at some point and sometime, somewhere, somewhere in the, in the world... There might be another guy doing the exact same trick at the exact same time, but he doesn't have the magazine there.
0: Yeah. You know? So, let's... I know we're winding down a little, but I Mm -hmm. want to talk... You've always been known for your setups, Mm -hmm. like your bike setups. Yep. Um, I mean, you've always... Always had like some little trick things on them, right? Or I know, would do different things. If you had the other three eighths wheels, the one and
1: three eighths wheels. I put my brakes on backwards on the forks, and, and yeah.
0: Uh, Any what, what? What was up with the one and three eighths wheels? I mean, that's so kind of iconic for you. So
1: um, back in the day, uh max air pressure in your tires, yeah, forty psi, yeah, right. To where the one and three eighths would take ninety psi. Oh, okay. Right, so. Knowing that now and riding today with 110 psi, it's faster,
0: yeah. You know? Did you destroy those rims pretty fast? Nope. No, just because you're smooth. smooth enough,
1: right? Did you ride 24 inch rims for a little I did not, but I did do what made me figure out the 21s mm-hmm. was the um, the 24 uh, cover in the magazine. RL and myself on the TOL ramp. Yeah. We're both on 24s. Yeah. The bigger wheels are just smoother. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, faster, they're more stable.
1: less. You don't feel the ridges on the ramp as much. And then so when I took the 1 and 3 8 wheels and with the PSI that I'm able to put in there, it was just faster, smoother. Could easy. you tell you were going higher with oh, them? Oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, everybody. So many people just if, always. I even, <laughs> so I even put water inside my tubes.
0: That's not a good idea.
1: I thought that if I was able to keep the momentum, and it was all about the inertia yeah. and and the gyro of the of the wheel spinning. Yeah. So if I put water inside there, and I'm flowing, and I hit my brakes because I hit my brakes in the air to do my one footers. Yeah. I could let go of the brake and it would restart that wheel spinning again because the water kept spinning.
0: I've had people put water in my tubes and it's the weirdest, weirdest feeling ever. Yeah. So, um, it didn't help. It didn't help. <laughs> let me, let me check out a few of these questions. So there was something else I wanted to ask you. Um, oh yeah. About the opposite airs. I mean, we kind of touched on that with Lakewood, right. but I know the TOL ramp, mm-hmm. you had a photo of you doing a berm slider. Yes. Um, and I feel like it's one of the, kind of one of the early photos of a fairly high opposite, opposite air. Yeah. Did you do opposite airs frequently?
1: I, I did. I, I, I was just able to ride. It, on a half pipe, I would do opposite airs. On yeah. a quarter pipe, I wouldn't do opposite airs. It was just I would only do an air one way. Yeah. In competition, um, I would do an opposite air every once in a while just yeah. to show that I could do it. Um, but nobody else did. How, how
0: high could you do them?
1: Ah, uh, six. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Here's a contest I wanted to ask you about. Uh, the eighty-four AFA Venice contest. Ooh. Yeah. Nine foot tall
1: ramp, six feet wide.
0: And you won pro flat and pro ramp. Yeah. And you beat out Wilkerson and Itzen. Wilkerson and Itzen. And Itzen. So I mean that that was a kind of a big highlight back yeah. then, I mean, that was yeah. a big deal
1: but okay so so the I think the judging they went off the crowd response, okay, and um Woody literally did harder tricks, yeah, um, but he was like a robot doing them, yeah, he was dun-dun-dun. Dun, 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 dun.
0: Just getting through it.
1: And Ronnie, I think, was the same way but on the ramps. That he'd do his air and then go to his next trick and do another air and then go to his next trick. Where I did a little bit different style and I was, a, you know, more crowd response and, and just more uh, different style. Yeah. So if it was judged off of a crowd response and not necessarily uh, difficulty, mm-hmm. I won.
0: Was it a good fun contest? It was though? a great contest. Yeah. I had
1: I had it, we're in Venice Beach. We're riding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So when did you leave GT? Was it '88?
1: Uh, I think it was at the end of '88. Um, there, there had you know, I was getting I was getting product from GT, and I was getting less money, but I was still doing tours for uh, vans and um Gail Webb um, there I, and I think i I was announcing for one of the GT shows that Dave Volker was doing yeah, and I wasn't riding at that show and and the deal was something happened where somebody had something and then wanted to trade for my cranks yeah. So I had traded for my cranks and that I had another set of cranks at home on another bike that, you know, I had multiple bikes at that time. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, Dave had mentioned something to the team manager um, at GT. Who's was the TM was then? Todd Huffman.
0: Oh, yeah. Infamous Todd Huffman.
1: Right. So Todd um, took liberty to say... You can't do that. You're off the team. We're not giving you any more product. And and I looked at Todd. I'm going, dude, you were sponsored by um, SE for forever. Do you have any SE frames still? Do you have any of your bikes? And he just got all bent out of shape, and I was off the team.
0: Wow. And then... Did you have, I, I heard you had offers so from like Air I Uni, had, General,
1: General, Hutch. General, I had General and Hutch, and uh, I actually, Hutch had had, no, General actually purchased a ticket for me to go to a competition.
0: When R, Was that when RL and everybody he was, was?
1: He was still on, on General, and uh, um, I was going to be part of the new BMX Action Trick team. Okay. And I was going to ride a, a General um but uh you know i wasn't going to promote somebody until i got the contract signed
0: you knew that from the haro stuff kind of
1: yeah so so even though general paid for me to go out there i refused to wear the general Jer- jersey yeah so that just so my bad <laughs> yeah. i didn't get the sponsorship through general and uh, they were upset and uh then all of a sudden this city cat. I was going to ask you about city cat. <laughs> all of a sudden this city cat came around and, and, um, they had offered me, uh, an amount of money to promote their bike. Yeah. And then, uh, they had me look at it and, uh, it was the biggest POS that I ever saw, but I didn't have to ride it.
0: They yeah. They just,
1: they, they wanted my endorsement on it. And, uh, if you look at the ad, it actually says, and I quote: um, "This bike is like something you've never ever ridden in your, in your life." End of quote. <laughs> Not good or bad,
0: just but it was bad. Just, it
1: was yeah. So um, they 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 ran that ad and and uh, they they um, I think they paid me half the money because they cut the contract in half and. I no longer was sponsored by Cat either.
0: Then did and then that's when we started seeing pictures of you popping up on a PK on a
1: PK because I went back to my old
0: and you were very, doing a bunch of plus tests. Yeah, and some of the, I feel like on that PK you had some of the sickest photos you've ever
1: invert. Uh, I I love the invert that I rode in in uh, on a Gale Webb show at Knottsberry Farm at uh, Pipeline before they closed. And the
0: PKs were I mean people loved the geometry on that bike. Yeah. I mean it, it was. I mean, yeah. Matt went to one of those bikes when he left Haro. Like, <laughs> it seems like that was like, "Hey, I'm I'm done with this. I'm You're just right. getting a PK." <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: and, and and going to SE. I mean, with Scott and and Mike Devitt that were there, you know, it, they were easy to talk to and say, "Hey, man, I I you know I need a bike. What color? What size? What what kind? Whatever you want." Yeah. It was like going to some other companies like Redline.
0: Yeah, and that was Gork and them then.
1: Gork and you know, and I had to I, I, I rode for Redline for a little while and, and Really?
0: Uh, After GT?
1: Yeah, but not money wise, but I just called up Gork because Gork was there and I said, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm not getting bikes from anybody right now. Can you think you can flow some, some bikes? And they go, Yeah, sure. So he flew flowed me a couple bikes and then I actually <laughs> I actually did a movie and I said, Hey, you know, um, I need five of this bike. And he says, well, I don't know. I, you know, we we can't give you five bikes. I'm going, what's for a movie? It's for Nickelodeon, Paramount Studios. And he was like, it was like pulling teeth trying to get this bike. And uh, eventually he flowed five identical bikes. Um, It was for a movie called Clock Stoppers. Okay. And, uh, um after the movie had come out, Paramount said, hey, they they called me and asked me what type of bike I was riding. And I told them it was a you know a red line and I gave them the exact make and model. So they called Gork up and they said, hey, we need 10 bikes. We'll pay for them. Yeah. But we need 10. Well, then that those 10 paid for the five they gave away for free. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they gave sold Paramount 10 of those bikes. When the movie actually came out, Nickelodeon called up and said, hey, where'd you get those bikes and whatever. I said, Redline, talk to a guy named Gork. Now, Nickelodeon wants 200 bikes. Wow. Because they're going to do a giveaway. Yeah. Well, then... The next time I called Gork for a bike what color <laughs> what, how many do you need so that's I mean doing the movie business and the commercial business and stuff like that I it wasn't like I was trying to get something for nothing you're gonna get something out of it
0: yeah so so anyhow um, so now you know you've been riding for a long mm. time and, and you, you still do ride yeah. how is it seen? You know BMX get older. I mean, you're seeing a lot of dudes like Dennis and dudes still riding at a very mm-hmm. high level. Right. And I mean, you you competed against Dennis. Yeah. How did? How, what what are your thoughts on BMX nowadays?
1: Well, you know, um, freestyle has changed. You know, now they've gotten into different categories. There's ramps. There's dirt. There's street. There's park. Yeah. You know, so I mean, five different. Where we it used to be all one thing, yeah, and then they don't even have flatland anymore, except for local contests you know,
0: or just specific, your you know Japanese or big European contests right. and stuff.
1: So, um, you know, so so five different categories that all used to be one category, and uh, you know, I I think it's it's. it's still a fun sport and it's still a sport i love to do and it's something that i love to ride but i like to be able to ride one bike and do one and be able to do everything on that one bike yeah you know people people say when this um video of this older lady was on that circus bike i'm sure you've seen it on video right and she's doing all these tricks so and somebody says oh you didn't invent freestyle look at she's done it back in the early 1800s well, yeah, but you can't ride that bike to the beach, and you can't jump that bike at the at the dirt jump, and you can't go into the skate parks with that bike. That's what freestyle was about. I can yeah. ride my one bike everywhere.
0: Yeah, right. And yeah, I mean that's why I tell people sometimes, you know, they'll be like, "Oh, you're riding," you know, because they'll think thirty nine so old, and I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, yeah, you know." And I, you know, I've had a lot of injuries, but I'm like, I still feel pretty good. Yeah, and I'm like, I just want. You know, as I get older, it's like... I felt like in the 20s, like, that's when I was pushing myself, and I'm very competitive. And 30s, you know, I'm coming to the end of my 30s, and it's like, the more I'm riding now, the more I just want to make my bike ride and feel like it did when I was 14. Right. You know, where I just want to go fast, air some stuff, go hang out with my buddies for the day, <laughs> you know, like, go cruising. And it just... I, it, I just want it to be... Just take me back to, you know, that. So, I mean, I know you nowadays... You know, you guys. Are you going riding tonight? Yes. So, I, I was. I know you guys were doing. So, you guys have that Tuesday, Tuesday ride, and yeah, it yeah, seems HB like Tuesday. Is that a lot of
1: the dudes you grew up riding with and stuff? Um, not necessarily grew up riding with, but I mean, eventually throughout the years, ro- rode with. I mean, Martin's out there, and 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 we were teammates. Yeah. And and we used to go to the block and hang out and just ride. So it was just this. I, I saw this the other or today. <laughs> right so that's exactly what it is right yeah i mean like what people think we do what my mom thinks i do what you know whatever yeah and the girlfriends think that you know oh yeah we're all hanging out with a bunch of kids, and what we really do
0: yeah so we're looking at a meme here and it, it you know it's just one of the i think everybody's seen a meme like this but when it goes down to it it says what you really do and it's just a few bikes laying around and everybody's just sitting around bullshitting
1: and we're talking more than we're riding yeah, but we still ride
0: yeah and that's why i tell people i go you know just you know there's people that get older and they're like, "Oh, we have a softball league with all my friends or we go fishing and I right. go, it's the same thing for BMX. I still ride with the dudes. I still ride with dudes that I rode with when I was 14." Right. That they're your age now. Yeah. You know, they're
1: like a generation ahead of me, but they still ride and will come out. Yeah. But think about think about when you were 14 and you knew a 50-year-old when you were 14. What did that 50-year-old do back then? Dude, he had a cane. He, he, had a, went, he, he had a cigarette in his hand, and he had a big old pot belly, right? And he didn't ride. He didn't ride a bike. He didn't ride a motorcycle. He definitely didn't do He went to work, and he provided for his family. Yeah. But he's not the 50 that I am today. No, and I
0: feel like this, the whole generation, like, you know, from people that were born in late 60s, mm-hmm. 70s, and on up, we're living a different life than the generation before us. Right. And people are staying... I mean, people are eating better. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know. But, you know, they're staying younger. And I think staying younger is never stop asking questions, never stop being excited about right. things. And when people, you know, like that 50-year-old that you were talking about, when they're just done, they're just working. Right. And this... Right.
1: Well, I think, I think the fountain of youth is literally the BMX bike or a bicycle or something. Yeah. Because, like, when you're out there riding... You're working every single part of your body, not only, and it's, it's your, your mind is where you're thinking of not something new or, or what not to do or how not to fall. And you're, you're still on your bike and it just, it keeps things, you know, happening. And when you hear somebody, you know, I, I hear people saying, oh yeah, I tripped over the curb today and I got hurt really bad. I I go, really? I, I did a high speed skid about 20 miles an hour and then flew off the, and high sided and and rolled around on the ground and where you'll hear people
0: go to the emergency room because they skid skin their knee or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely weird. So, um, I remember I got a few questions from the Instagram Okay. I'm gonna run by you. All right. And then we'll probably finish her up. So, uh, uh, Team Sano, wants to, he, he wants to really know about your right-hand drive, CRX.
1: All right, so it's a right-hand drive, 85. Uh, I got it from Jackson Racing, and uh, I, I bought it when I got back from Japan from the tour that I did for GT. Instead of GT paying me um, a bonus for going on tour, I said, and I knew money-wise, uh, that if you paid Jackson... Then I wouldn't get taxed oh. for the money, and I just got a car. So um, that car was actually in Road and Track magazine in 1985, uh, racing against a 1985 vet, and it blew doors all on every single road course there was.
0: Wow! And you still have? I, I mean, I just it. saw it parked out front. It looks pristine. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> he. he I wrote because I didn't even know it was the car. I go, you talking about the car, or is that another name for the city cat? <laughs> uh, so, all right, we t- we covered the 3H the wheels. Um, oh, here's a guy. He said, this dude wants me to ask you if you remember doing a 360 out of the pipe bowl over the fence and landing in the parking lot by his Toyota truck, and you almost land on a chubby kid with a blue GT, and the kid's like,
1: that was me. <laughs> I wish I could remember. I don't remember it. I literally don't remember doing that, but uh, I wish some people, people ask if I had any pictures back in the day of stuff I've done. Yeah. Well, no, because I was riding. Yeah. If anybody has pictures, it's you guys.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Here's Blyther. Blyther's got a question for you. Uh, He says, do you remember giving a 14-year-old Grom a pair of black graphite tufts? Uh, Because that was him.
1: Oh, Jeez, no! Again, I I don't remember. I, I
0: he says that it, he said it's one of the coolest things. Yeah. Ever so.
1: I don't remember it, but I, I sure I, I I did, and and because the sponsors that I had gave me stuff all the time. Yeah. And and literally with GT, if I had a scratch on my bike, I got a new bike. Yeah. Wow. Because GT was into into the. Um, wanted to make me look like the superhero and wanted me, my bike to be pristine every single time I went out. If I was doing a new show or a show at a school or, or at a at a bike shop, that bike had to be brand new. Okay. So I knew how to work on a bike because every time we got a new bike, it came out of a box. I mean, like literally we we're making a, a bike and it, and it had to work for that day.
0: All right. Uh, day in the suburbs says, we kind of covered, well, we already kind of covered the vibe between the BMXers and skaters of Pipeline, mm-hmm. but he says he remembers an impromptu demo at the Bowl with you and Salba sessioning really hard, so, mm. and it sounds like you and Salba got along great back in Oh, yeah, in the so,
1: so I would show up at, at, at you know, skate parks that Sal, Salba would be at, and literally lately, he goes, dude, you were so rad back then, it's so cool, if you want to ride, you you come, hang, you know, you can ride with it. Skate day only. Yeah. But I don't care. I don't care what anybody else says. You can you can come ride with us.
0: That's cool. I, <laughs> mean, I think Salva's pretty hard ass yeah. too. He's a strict guy. Yeah. Uh, BMX scene since eighty four says. Do you have any books in the works? Uh, what What are you doing with Martin and Dom nowadays?
1: Ah, you just saw that last uh, uh, picture that I put on Instagram. Um, so Dom is doing a book for vans oh, okay and um it's going to be really good it's about you know the early 80s of where vans and bmx vans has a lot of skateboard history yeah but they don't have any they have a lot of bmx history too and that's what dom is trying but to it's do. not as
0: documented no. Yeah, so...
1: So that's what Dom is trying to get together with. So uh, I've been giving Dom a lot of information, and Martin, and, and, and Dom's been going to a lot of uh, other people in the 80s, um, and BMX, so he's gathering a lot of information. How long did you ride for Vans for?
0: I, I'm still riding for Vans. So <laughs> when when did you get on Vans, like 83? Ooh,
1: jeez. um... Back in the early 80s, I mean, 80, 82, 83, I think after that first magazine shot, um, they started handing me Vans, not necessarily paying me, but not having to pay for my shoes.
0: Was, it's still was, rocking to this day?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we had just uh, worked out another contract, Vans and I, so um, I, tr- I, I don't know if you can put this or not, but I'm working on trying to be the, uh, getting on the list being on that one list of being the only guy that can ride the skate, the, the combi pool anytime I want. That, that was one of the, the stipulations. I. Yeah. Had. It'd
0: be nice if they'd let people ride the car. Co- I mean, it would be very nice. Yeah. Uh, here's killer V 800 wants to know if you know whatever happened to Dave Breed.
1: Ah, yes. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he's living, but he is a pastor. Oh, okay. Um, Somewhere, mm-hmm. just uh, you know, preaching the, the the word of God, and that's what he's doing. Okay, cool. You know, I I tried to um, Facebook him and leave him a message and see how he's doing, but he, he never got back to me. All right. So, um,
0: what well, that kind of I think yeah. wraps it up. Uh, like looking back on your BMX career, like kind of what 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 are the things that you're like proud of? What are the things that like, <laughs> when you think of it nowadays that. You're just like I'm, I'm. I'm psyched this happened.
1: Um, I I'm I'm just glad I got to ride and be in the right place at the right time and, and having uh, magazines in. So I, I tell I tell kids unfortunately today that uh, I ask them I go how many skate parks are here in, in just in California? Probably a thousand skate parks, easy. Yeah. Or across, you you know, just in California. I go, how many think in the U.S., you know, skate parks? Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. How many magazines, how many BMX magazines are there today right now? One. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So back in the day, um, there was five skate parks, and they're all in Southern California. How many magazines were there? Five different magazines. And where are they at? Southern California. Yeah. What are the options or what are the, uh, um, the chances of me riding BMX, getting in the magazines, riding in the skate park? Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. There's a kid that rips at every one of these skate parks now. Oh, yeah. There's one kid that just, and that could probably outride me right now. Oh, yeah. But what are his chances of getting into a magazine?
0: It's a whole different game.
1: Yeah. So what is it? Their chance. So so being able to live the life that I have lived, and being in the magazines that I have lived been in, and being able to go where I've gone, all because of BMX. It's almost you can't put a you can't put a word to it. You can't put a. It, it, it's untangible. Yeah. Where. Not one kid is going to be able to do what I was able to do. Yeah, and be the places that I've been.
0: You were just the, the, like the perfect storm.
1: I'm in the perfect place, the right time, at the right place, and 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 I I don't think
0: if you wouldn't have ran seven miles when you saw Bob Osborne,
1: I might not been yeah.
0: That was life changing. I should start running seven
1: miles. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
1: all right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, you know, yeah. I, 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 I don't think I would change a thing, you know, the shoulda, woulda, coulda. I don't think I would have changed anything. Everything, you know, I, w- I would take more photos. Yeah. I would, I would try to remember more. I would, I would um, build a time capsule yeah. of what I did that's that's if i could have changed anything that would be it
0: perfect so thank you man I appreciate it yeah no worries thank you all for listening if you guys haven't subscribed to Dig on iTunes, you should cruise over there and type in Dig BMX and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, we'll be posting up a lot more podcasts here in the future. Um, also, if you want to give uh, Snakebite BMX a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, just just look up Snakebite BMX and uh, yeah, reach out to us. I- I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. Other than that, uh, we'll see you next time.